Welcome to the PR Girl Rant Podcast, hosted by me, Michelle Pascal, public relations professional, entrepreneur, and founder of Map Unlimited PR. The PR Girl Rant Podcast is a platform and a safe place for other public relations professionals, whether independent like myself or in-house, to rant or talk about whatever grinds their gears regarding the industry. Also, the fun, wacky spirals and insane shenanigans that engulfs us each day and keeps us coming back for more. Welcome to another episode of PR Girl Rant. Today's guest is Drumroll. It's me. Yes, your guest today is me, your host, Michelle Pascal. And this is my last episode of season three. Yay! I can't believe that I've made it. I can't believe this is the end of the season. Oh my gosh. Wow. So yes, my last episode. And I just want to thank all the guests that I've had who took the time to chat with me, to share their stories on how they started in the PR industry why they got started, lessons learned. It's my wrap-up episode, and I just want to do a recap of what I've learned and all my experiences within the industry and things that happened to me during this time. While I was interviewing all my guests, I was still working and still doing what I had to do, but there were still things that I had to put in place. And again, things that I've learned from my guests. And I just wanted to share that with you and kind of close out the season with my lessons learned. So what I learned from each guest is that although we all had different starting points, one thing was universal, and that was the love for storytelling, getting to tell our clients stories, getting to take them to the next level. That's what kind of meshed us together. We just wanted to make sure that we were telling our clients stories correctly and helping them catapult whatever it was, whatever industries they were in, whatever their products were, et cetera. So that was one thing that I know that was like the defining line or where we all kind of matched. And again, we all had different starting points. We all got into this for different reasons, but universally it was storytelling. And even throughout all the struggles within this industry, especially with my entrepreneurial guests, they wouldn't have changed a thing. That's what I learned as well, because I asked a few questions of what would you do differently? Of course, you can always do things differently, but they wouldn't have changed a thing because then it wouldn't have taken them where they are now and the success they've had in the business, the highs and the lows. Everything is a learning process. Everything is a learning experience, right? So I love that although they've had ups and downs, they love what they do. And although I love what I do and I love this industry, there was a point that I was a little bit jaded and I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. So that was another reason that I started the podcast because I wanted to speak to others and I wanted to see, was my struggle my own struggle? Why, why was I getting bored and what did I need to do and what did I need to change? So This was a way for me to speak to my peers, get input, and just find out what was going on on their side and how they got through things. I can say that it was definitely helpful and it helped me kind of reorganize my thoughts, if I want to put it that way, and see what I can do to either stay or leave. And what was I going to do next? 
So that truly helped. It was kind of cathartic doing these episodes and talking to everyone. Definitely helpful. I was feeling a little out of touch with the industry. I was also feeling out of touch with my peers. So the best thing that I could do was connect with them. Sometimes we get so boggled down with work that we forget every day is a learning experience. Everything is a learning process. But as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, when you're working from home, not in the office space with coworkers, you don't get to talk much with other people. You're just doing things in silo. So this definitely was a way for me to connect and have a better interaction with what's working, what's not working. Even after doing the episodes, especially with people that I was close to, we definitely kept the conversation going and they were happy to even do this, to even have the conversation. Because again, oftentimes we're not the ones in front. We don't tell our stories. We don't get to talk about what's going on, especially starting a business, starting any business. But definitely when we were starting out, some of us didn't have anybody to ask. Like me, I just ripped off the bandaid and did it. So it was definitely helpful chatting with them. It also made me realize that I didn't have to do the same things that I did. Like I felt that maybe I was doing just the traditional way of things. I also found that I was not connecting with the media. I wasn't connecting with reporters the same way that I had in the past. My pitches were landing flat. So that took me to a place where I was like, am I doing this right? Do I still want to do this? I was over it. I was totally over it. But by talking to my peers and doing these interviews, I found that I had to do things differently and things were changing, especially during COVID. People were leaving, reporters were leaving, editors were leaving, and I had to find new people. So I had to sit with myself and do a lot of research and kind of be more intentional with my pitches. And sometimes in the past, you would just send things out widely because it was like, I knew I had great stories to tell, but... They just weren't landing and it was oversaturation, right? Everybody was sort of pitching the same things, possibly that could have been one thing. Being in the beauty industry, pitching hair products, it's nothing new per se, but it's just timing. Everything was about timing. What was I pitching and who was I pitching to? So I had to rebuild lists, refocus, be more creative as well with my pitches and just get out of that mundane way of doing things. And again, talking to my peers, that was totally helpful. They helped me get leads and things of that nature. So this podcast has definitely helped me overcome some of those jaded spots with myself and just kind of resurge my love and energy for the industry. I had to look for the why and find my passion, which wasn't hard. But at the same time, I had to do a little soul search. I had to do a little work. I had to realize that I didn't have to do and take everything, right? I didn't have to take every single client or every single opportunity that came my way. It was okay to say no. It was okay to choose. I had reached a level in my career that that was okay, that I can do that. I know it sounds silly to say that, why couldn't she choose? You don't have to take everything. But sometimes as an entrepreneur, as an independent contractor, you feel like you have to take the next thing that's coming on. Not whether you like it or not, but sometimes opportunity were far in between and money was slow. So you did what you had to do. And sometimes it wasn't a right fit, but you got through it. That's sometimes was the case for me. But I didn't want to have regrets. So I finally realized that I didn't have to take everything and it was okay because then you have regrets. 
you have resentment, you don't do a good job, and you just kind of go through the motion. I see things through, but it's just like the days that you get up to work on certain things, like why did I take this on? Yes, I know I can do it, but it wasn't for me and I could have done a better job on something else. I could have spent my energy on something else, but you muddle through it. So I decided that it was okay to say no, only take on clients and projects that I was passionate about and that I could do well and that I can serve my clients and give them the best possible results. That was just the main thing for me. So during the last 18 months, I definitely focused on that. And I also learned that I didn't have to do this alone. During COVID, I decided to take on a partner and doing so allowed me to gain more clients and keep my passion going for the industry. Because when I wasn't doing that, I was like, oh, I could be doing this. There was a little bit of FOMO with certain things. And when I would go off and do like my event projects, I would see something. I was like, oh, I could have done PR for that. I could have done this well. So bringing on a partner was definitely key during these last few months during COVID. I decided that collaboration over competition was just the way to go and it was working. So I took on a partner, my colleague, Nicole Newsom, and we had long chats, <laughs> long rants about how we would do this. We had both been in the industry for so long that we just figured out, well, let's just mesh our passion. Let's just mesh connections and just make this into something. And it worked. Not without challenges because we do both have different working styles. But again, we decided that collaboration over competition was just the best thing. It was like all for one and one for all kind of thing. We built a capabilities deck and sent that out to anybody that we knew and told them to send it to anybody that they knew that would need our services. And since we had all this experience together, it was just the best thing to do. That's something else that I learned during this time and that I put into action because that's what it's all about, right? You learn these things and then you say, oh, I wish I could have, should have, would have. But then if you don't put them into action, what's the purpose? So of course we ran into some challenges, but at least we were doing it together and we would bounce ideas off each other. We had our moments of rants. We did a lot of voice notes communicating with each other. It was the best thing. Another good thing about collaboration is that although we're both independent, I can keep that, right? Because she did her thing when she had projects that I wasn't working on because the areas that she's really good at that I was just not interested in. And I do a lot of event production and she didn't. So I was able to continue doing that. And that kind of served both my needs. Like I can still dabble in the PR, but then when there were moments where I was doing my event plan, I could go away because I knew that I had her, she had my back and continue to keep our clients happy. So it just felt like I had the best of both worlds and it just allowed me to mix it up a bit. Talking to my guests, we also talked about the stressfulness about PR. It's just not an easy thing. People think it's like, oh, you're just getting on a phone pitching or it's just fluff. It's hair products, it's shampoos and conditioners, but it still is stressful because you're trying to hit benchmark. You're trying to get your clients coverage. With the nature of this industry and things being so saturated, you just have to find new ways of getting your point across, like I was mentioning earlier. And one of the biggest challenges that we talked about is getting paid our worth. This is still a thing and folks want our services, but don't want to pay for them. They want to retain our services. They pay late. 
They questioned our work. And that was just, again, universal. And I guess because we're independent, people just think we don't, okay, you don't have overhead. So why do you need X, Y, and Z? But it's still my time. So they would try to cherry pick things that they wanted. So it was like a la carte versus retainers. And I like working better on retainers because it just allows me just to keep the work flowing. I don't have to think about cherry picking for them. This is what I'm going to be doing for six months, the year, or whatever the contract deems. They want to pay you what they think you're worth or what they have in their budget, but then they ask you for the world. And sometimes you just can't do that. I can't give you all my hours. I just can't do that. So that was another thing that my guests and I had in common as well. But as I stated in the beginning, it was also about choosing the right clients. Not all of them are perfect, but choosing the right thing so that when you ask for a certain amount of money, they know the worth. They also know what they need. And if they trust you and they vetted you and they've asked for recommendations, then you have a clear line of communication. Those are paid things. Marketing and advertising are paid. You have to pay for marketing. You have to pay for advertising. What we do is basically you try, you pitch, you see what people are biting for. Like, it's not the same. But of course, all these things work in hand in hand. So I had to learn that as well to continue to reiterate that. And although you send them your capabilities that, which I made sure that we put everything in there that we do, so there's no confusion. And I laid it out properly with results. So you see, this is what I'm good at. These are my expertise. And I don't want them to get confused about it because I don't want to keep having this conversation. And of course, there are things that overlap a little bit. So if they do have a marketing team, which is great, then I can work with them with ever marketing materials, marketing tactics, any jargon, any information that'd be helping to pitch, but not straight up marketing. I don't do that, nor do I care to, but that's just how it is. And that was something else that was universal in talking to my guests this season. My fees are my fees. My prices are my prices, period. And you have to start doing that. You have to just say, especially being on your own, you just have to set the fee. And of course, there's wiggle room, but try not to go too far away, right? So my fees are my fee. It is what it is. And then you let me know if you have. And if you don't, and I hate doing this, like the whole question, what, well, what do you have? I'm not doing that song and dance anymore, nor do I think at this level in my career do I have to do that. What do you have to work with? Because then that becomes, okay, I have this, I'm only going to do this. And I don't like doing it. I want to work freely where I can just pitch and don't have to worry about, oh, well, I only can give this person two hours. I only can give this person that. No, I, I don't like working there. That kind of pigeonholes me and it just doesn't allow me to work as efficiently as I can. So it's time, it's labor, and I want to do my job correctly. And I'm just not going to budge. Again, I don't want to have regrets and I don't want to feel salty about things. So my fees are my fees. What I've also noticed is that clients, when they feel dissatisfied or unsatisfied or they find a way to complain about everything or they question every single thing you do, all the who, what, when, why start coming out, right? Even though you've explained to them the scope of work, you've given them a timeline upfront and tell them exactly how you work, the client will always find a way 
to belittle you and to make you feel that, oh, well, you're not doing this. So-and-so got this. Why aren't you doing this? It's all about timing. Not everything happens as quickly as they want it, but they still don't get that. They start questioning your talents. You start questioning your own talents. You start questioning yourself and it's just not a good feeling, you know? I've had this experience with a client this year and I just didn't feel good. And although I worked with this client for a few years, all of a sudden the questions started coming up. Things that they've never asked me before. And it's like, okay, it's the same thing. We're going to keep this going because it just was that easy. It was really turnkey or so I thought. And the reason that it rubbed me the wrong way was that they waited to ask me these questions at the end of the project, not at the start, not even midway. And I was just like, wait a minute, all these things could have been handled or talked about or fixed, but they waited until the end to bring all these things up. So I always say, and my guest agreed, continue to ask questions. You want clarity? That's fine. That's why we have weekly status reports or we have weekly conversations. And I guarantee you, if you ask me the questions up front, the issues can be rectified and everything will lead into a successful campaign and great a great client relationship. This experience in particular really rubbed me the wrong way and it left me questioning if I wanted to even work with them again. Although I liked what I was doing, like I liked the project, it just had me thinking like, is this a right fit for me? But it just had it questioning what I do and that just wasn't a good thing. So I think I just need to map out my capabilities clearer, my scope of work just a little bit clearer and keep the lines of communication open. Like I just have to find a different way of approaching them. But working with them again is up in the air because I don't want to say it's difficult, but just like a little tainted, I don't know, it just feels weird just because the way I was questioned and that I was never questioned like that before. So I have to think about that. I'm going to think long and hard about it and see what happens and see if they even come back to me, right? (laughs) We don't know. Sometimes you just have to have that clear line of communication, those signed contracts. Yeah, that was another thing. So case in point, I had another experience where I was recommended by a friend for a PR job and it was for a fairly large brand and I was so excited about it. I mean, I did everything right. I had the scope of work. I had the right contracts. I asked other friends to send me their contracts to make sure that I was doing this thing correctly and that I was not leaving any stone unturned and whether fee was great, didn't have to budge on the fee. Actually, they came to me with the fee that was, I was like, wow, okay. They know the assignment. They know what PR is. They have a budget for it and they're going to put everything in. I hired staff for this thing. I had Fort Brooks working for me for an entire month when the client went cold and I just didn't understand. I was like, okay, I know it's nothing I did. Definitely nothing I did because I haven't really even gotten started, but there were things I needed to do put in place. I had to write some things. I had to come up with a few ideas, pitch calendars, timeline. We wanted to do a couple of things out of scope that needed me to do research and all those things were in place, but they just went cold. I still don't know why. 
I don't know. I don't know where I stand. I haven't. I and I haven't gotten paid yet, right? But I still had to pay the people that worked for me. So not every time you do something is going to come to fruition. But because I signed a contract, I do need to be paid for the first month that I did work. But through it all, I learned that when one door closes, another one opens. And since I wasn't working on that project um, all in, I had time to get other projects and travel. Being independent, you have to be ready for uncertainties and you have to be ready for change. The only thing that is constant is change. So I'm waiting to see what happens with that contract. I'm going to keep it pushing. And again, through my collaboration with Nicole, we do have some other things in the work that we just have to kind of fine tune and button up, but things are moving along. So I definitely have to promote myself more, brag, put things up and let people know what I'm doing so that I could be contacted. And that I learned through another colleague of mine, Tisha Shabazz. She's also in PR, but kind of shifted and is doing more marketing and helping people market their talents and market their ideas and do a couple of different things. So that's definitely something that's in the back of my mind to continue doing. It's hard work. It takes up a lot of energy, but definitely have to do more of that. So this season was just a learning lesson for me. And I'm thankful and grateful for all the guests that I've had and how I could take all those thoughts and all those notes and again, research my passion for the industry. So I'm hoping to continue to do this. This podcast is also a passion of mine. I want to take this to another level, but I'm learning here too, right? I'm doing everything mostly myself. This year, I decided to get a company to edit and it was one of the best things I did because I can record, but then the editing, I just like, I have to outsource that. So that was a big lesson learned. I don't have to do everything. I could hire people to get this done. I just have to make (laughs) that decision. And I did that. So thank you, Bethany and Crackers and Soup team for, again, getting me all the way together for this season. And I look forward to working with you again. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for following. Thank you to all my guests this season. And I look forward to an even better season. For season four, I have to get that all in the works and keep doing this. I like talking to my peers and talking to others in the industry, whether they're independent or at or in-house. It's just great to hear other people's stories. And I find that that's missing in our industry and I want to continue to doing so. So again, thank you all for listening and I look forward to ranting with you next season. I don't know when that's going to drop, but you guys will see it. I just wanted to talk, like just turn the mic on and talk. So that's it, y'all. Season three in the bag, locked, sealed, and delivered. So bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of PR Girl Rant. I hope you enjoyed. Please like and subscribe. And if you have any questions or interested in any topics regarding PR, please don't hesitate to send them in. I'll definitely answer you back. But until next time, bye.